This is 105.9 The Region with your stories. The good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is Good to Hear. I'm Glenn Perkins, and this is Good to Hear. As the summer season gets into full swing, the town of Aurora is preparing to host a number of sporting tournaments. For those coming from out of town, there is now the Sport Visitor Experience Package. Mayor Tom Maracas joins us on Good to Hear. Mayor Maracas, tell me about this new website. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is a platform that we've created in partnership with the Aurora Chamber of Commerce to uh, provide a a central hub for people that are are visiting our town uh, when you know when there's going to be tournaments and stuff, and they'll be able to to visit that site and and look at uh, places to visit within the town, whether it's uh, restaurants, whether it's uh, you know retail uh, you know stores, and and they'll be able to you know plan ahead of schedule when they get here. So that way, you know, it helps uh, increase. The, the economic development in our community and, and it allows for uh, everyone to have a, a great time exploring our town and, and, and finding out what makes our town the great place that it is. Mayor Maracas, local sports is so popular in Aurora and this new initiative is going to help a lot of people, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, not only will it just it, not only will it benefit um, from a sports tourism perspective, but it will also, as I mentioned, it will benefit from a from an economic development perspective. Uh, it'll it'll enhance uh, the experience for for the athletes and the families, and then it will also uh, help uh, you know as we continue to grow our our you know our businesses and our retail uh, throughout our community. I mean, it's it's a win win uh, for everyone ultimately. And it's definitely thinking outside the box following everything we've been through with the pandemic. I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and also, I mean, I, and I know it's, it's from a slight perspective, but it also, it also is uh, good from a green uh, initiative perspective as well. You're, you're reducing paper. Normally, you know, we traditionally what we've seen is is that you know, um, you know, chambers, uh, even towns or cities have uh, you know paper products at hotels showing like wh- what where you can go within the city, where where what businesses you can go, what restaurants, nightlife, all that stuff. And here we've we've provided it in a central hub on on a website where people can just go and they just go on their on their phone and they'll be able to uh, check out all the local spots within within the community uh, and and now we've eliminated and reduced that paper and so we believe that from a green initiative as well it, it's encouraging um, you know those initiatives as we move forward how big is the community in attracting sporting events well, I mean, we have we have a few uh, bigger uh, baseball events that are coming in, and we're looking at continuing and uh, improving and and bringing in more and more tournaments. Uh, would love to see some basketball tournaments come here, and uh, and uh, you know, and just continuing uh, from uh, we obviously we have our hockey tournaments that have been been uh, been coming, but we want to explore and continue to grow. Uh, all all sports in our community and see more and more of that sport tourism uh, come to our town. This is good for those family members who don't want to watch sports all the time. They can go off and explore the town by using the information that's online. Absolutely. And that's it. I mean, and that's essentially the, the, uh, the beauty of the, the the website is is to allow those that you know obviously I mean most most parents are going to stay and watch their kids but there might be some other members of the family that might want to just maybe go grab a bite to eat or they might want to just go explore the the, the town and and maybe uh, do a little shopping or just uh, you know maybe take in a little bit of the arts and culture uh, scene within the community maybe there's a maybe there's a play that's going on or maybe we have a concert that's going on as well and so these are things that that we believe that will not only enhance the sports 
visitors, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, visit to our town, but it will also help uh, grow uh, the knowledge of, of our town and the great things that happen within our town, the great businesses that are in our town to a wider uh, a wider, broader sense of the community outside of outside of our municipality as well. Memorakis, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much for coming. You can find out more about the Sport Visitor Experience Package online at aurora.ca sports. I'm Glenn Perkins, and this is Good to Hear on 105.9 The Region. Good to hear. This is the good news. Summertime is here, and there are some amazing youth baseball being played in York Region, including some really cool events going on with our friends from the Aurora King Baseball Association. And to talk more about it, thrilled to be speaking to one of their coaches, Kevin Charbonneau. Kevin, how are you? I'm well, thanks today. How are you? Good. Uh, coming up this weekend, a big event, a huge tournament. It feels so good to see 14-10-under t- baseball teams from out of town taking part in this baseball tournament with the Aurora King Baseball Association after everything the last couple of years, Kevin, for you and the kids and everyone involved, it must feel great. Yeah, we're just happy to get the kids out playing again. It's been uh, it's been a while for them now, and the last couple of years, you know, it's the key years of their development. They haven't really seen a full baseball season yet, um, so so it's great to get them back out. We're playing a lot of tournaments, getting a lot of games in, making up for lost time, and uh, and I think they're all having a lot of fun, so it's I'm happy we can get out. Well, I'm sure, Kevin, you're actually motivated this year to get back to normal. Are you noticing the kids are, are listening closer or more, more coachable, are into it a little bit more because of everything they've been through? Yeah, it's hard to say. I think at the start, we're probably making up for lost time. You know, a couple key early development years that, that uh, went wasted a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, they're, they're eager to get back. They're eager to, you know, it's nice to see them all getting to hang out together, you know, being kids and socializing again. Uh, getting out of the house and being active is is great. I, I think that yeah, they, we've come a long way since uh, you know last year was a bit of a lost year. We, it wasn't a write off altogether. We got some games in, but uh, but the guys have have come a long way in a in a short period of time. So that I think they're eager to learn and uh, and happy to be out. Kevin, maybe for listeners who don't understand at this age, the U10, when you talk about uh, the development, they, they had a bit of a slowdown. What is the the thing that that stopped the most during this break in the pandemic that they have to catch up on as baseball players? Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a bit of everything. It's, uh, you know, seeing live pitching instead of hitting against a pitching machine. It's, um, you know, this year at 10 U we actually started pitching instead of using the pitching machine. So just, you know, learning the pitching mechanics and just being able to throw strikes and uh, just a lot of the baseball IQ that comes with uh, repetition and scrimmage and play. So it's just, um, you know, baseball is a nuanced game and there's lots of, Lots to learn, and the sooner you can start learning that, the better off you are. We assume the kids that age are all in shape. Was there some conditioning that had to be done because maybe they weren't as active as they would have been possibly during the pandemic? Yeah, hard to say. You know, we, we I think in baseball, a lot of a lot of the baseball kids are hockey players too. Not all, but but uh, a lot of them. This isn't the only sport they play, so maybe half the guys are hockey guys. We've got a few basketball guys, so. And, and others are doing other things, uh, you know, martial arts or, 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 or other other activities in, in the winter to keep them kind of active. So I, I think it's rare to find a, a baseball only player at this age. You know, kids at this at this playing level are pretty active across the board. They're they're generally they're they're good athletes and keeping themselves busy and in shape. So it wasn't too much of an issue for us this year. 
What I like about what's happening with the Aurora King Baseball Association, Kevin, is is the, the partnership with Sport Aurora's concierge program and, and trying to turn Aurora to a baseball tournament town. I, I think it's a great opportunity uh, to highlight what Aurora has to offer and York Region has to offer, and it's a great way to bring teams from other communities from around in one central location. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's um, you know other towns have run this sort of this sort of program, and I, I sit now on on the AKBA board, and it's something that we've talked about is getting to the point where we could be a a tournament uh, destination. So this year that that would mean kind of having tournaments at each age group. So this year was a bit of a pilot project to see how we could how we could do it. We had two teams uh, running running tournaments. They we had a the nine news ran a Father's Day tournament, which was by all accounts very successful. And, uh, and then it's our turn this upcoming weekend at the 10U level. So there's actually two Aurora teams that will uh, be co-hosting the event this year, along with the 14 uh, out-of-town teams that you mentioned. So it's a 16-team field. Um, but yeah, it's nice to, it'd be great to, if we can get to the point where we become a destination for teams and become known as a, um, you know, a great hosting venue. Uh, it's great to have partnership with the town of Aurora has, has stepped up to sponsor the event this year. And we're, we're working with Sport Aurora, who's been extremely helpful and, in doing all sort of the, the kind of the outside the outside the lines event planning, helping with uh, you know dining and accommodations and uh, you know just general help to make the everybody's you know visit to Aurora um, impactful and, and a welcomed event. So yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes this year. By all accounts, it's going well, and and hopefully we can roll it out and and you know add to the number of uh, tournaments for next year and the years past that as well. I know a lot of the games taking place at the Aurora Leisure Complex Fields and Optimus Park Field on Aurora. As a coach and someone in baseball, you know that all fields are not created equal. How do these two fields stack up against other fields for kids playing baseball? Well, it's a it's a nice complex. Uh, yeah, some of the fields are are not the best fields that we played at. It's they're great fields, it, and it's a, yeah, like I said, it's a great complex. You got the scooter park, you got the the, the leisure facility there. There's, uh, you know, going to be a lot of dining around. The fields are in close proximity. Um, we play a lot of our games at Town Park in here in Aurora, which is, uh, I love that facility. It's, it's, a, it's a great little field. But um, unfortunately, the, the, the diggers, the Aurora diggers, were having a softball tournament there this weekend. So we didn't get used to that facility, which would have been nice as a showpiece field for the finals. But, um, yeah, there's, I, I, you know, I just I played a softball game at the Leisure Complex last night. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, great, it's a great complex. I have no... Nothing, nothing but good things to say about the uh, the field conditions. I think it'll be a great venue for for the tournament. As a coach, obviously, people like to say we want to win the game. But how much satisfaction do you get for a kid that maybe was struggling hitting a certain pitch, gets a nice clean base hit of something you've been working with, or or turns to or makes a catch that he was struggling with, and the, the light bulb goes on for these kids after all your instruction and coaching through the year. Well, that's the big reward after, after all the hours you put in. That's 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 the most rewarding thing that can happen is you, you kind of get through to a kid and, and you can make an impact and help him in his development and help him grow and help his you know confidence, not just for baseball, but just for life in general. It's helping to work through things and um, and be patient, develop the skills and with the rewards. So it's yeah, it, it, it's it's great. We have lots of that going on this year. Last year was, like I said, a tough year for our team and We've had some early successes this year in other tournaments, and and our regular season's going well. So there's there's a lot of a lot of clicking happening, which is great to see. Speaking with Kevin Sharbin of the U10 tournament director with the Aurora King Baseball Association, uh, how late in the season does your year go to? Do you go right until Labor Day, Kevin? 
Yeah, I guess our our our, our so we play in a in a YSBA York Simcoe Baseball Association loop, an eighteen loop, and uh, our regular season will go up to I guess it spans up to mid August, but we have our our championships. Oddly enough, before the end of the regular season, so or the August long weekend or early August, I think it's August sixth and tenth is our is our regional championships, and then the winner of that will go on to represent the York Simcoe region at the Ontario. So, but we'll continue playing baseball through August, and then we'll have tryouts in September, and then we'll we'll probably get some uh, fall ball going for the next like early early work for next year. We'll get our team assembled again and and uh, gets an exhibition game going with, with other coaches. So I like, it's a short season. So we try to milk the most out of it that we can. And, and um, you know, weather permitting, we'll play as much as we can until the snow comes. Well, Kevin, I greatly appreciate the time and effort that you put into coaching these kids. It's good. Even if they never play a, a day of really competitive ball, they're going to be better young men and better young women for it. So thank you very much for your efforts and continued success this year with the Aurora King Baseball Association. Yeah, that's the hope, and I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for uh, for having us on your on your show and getting the word out. If, if you can make it out this weekend, watch some great 10-year-old baseball, we'll be at the Leisure Complex all weekend. Good to hear. We'll be right back on 105.9 The Region. Listen live at 1059theregion.com or 105.9 FM. This is 105.9 The Region with your stories, the good news in our neighborhoods, our cities, our country, and beyond. This is Good to Hear. I'm Shalee Zabakis, and up next on Good to Hear, we are talking about land donation, and it's a land donation like none other. So let me give you some background info. Andrew Horvick, who is from Montreal, he spent the last few decades buying property on Molson Island in southern Quebec. He purchased about 26 hectares in total, and that's basically the same size as 24 soccer fields. All of this land, he took all of it and he donated it to the Nature Conservancy of Canada, or the NCC. This property is actually part of the Northern Green Mountains, which is one of the last remaining areas in southern Quebec, where large tracts of wilderness are still relatively undisturbed. Now, we know as climate change continues to wreak havoc on Canada's forests and green space, that makes this donation so much more important and so much more essential. So to tell us all about that, I'm joined by Cynthia Patry, who is the project manager for the Northern Green Mountains at the Nature Conservancy of Canada. How are you, Cynthia? Great, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Okay, so first off, can you tell me about this donation and is it the first of its kind for the NCC? It's a huge donation. It's the biggest one in value in the Quebec history of NCC. So uh, we are so grateful that the donor or the, the cause of the protecting environment, it's so strong for him. It's quite an impressive uh, donation that we receive um, in the last couple of months. And this is through the Ecological Gifts Program, correct? Yeah, you go through that program. It's not necessarily the case for every donation, but it gives the owner a financial initiative uh, through the uh, income tax receipt. So he can receive like a charitable credit on his income tax. And this program, it's very useful for them. First of all, they have to be to have the mission very strong in their heart. So that's the first reason. But 
It's help also when you can receive financial incentive for your donation. It's a federal go- go program and uh, it can allow you to have to pay like um, more taxes on the donation. Okay, and and just to clarify, it's basically people and corporations who donate land or ecologically sensitive land, I should say, and it's for conservation, correct? Yeah, yeah. The the land has to be of ecological value uh, to receive that kind of in this financial initiative. And for the Molson Island, for sure, it was 100% sure that he's going to uh, go through that program with no no question and because it's a very beautiful island and very virgin island we we don't say that very often in south quebec virgin parcel of land because uh, everywhere you have a road a house or something but for that island it's very the case no infrastructure uh, no trails nothing just the nature a big beautiful bog a lot of very old trees also, high value, ecological value. Yes, high, very high value. And and just going back to the Ecological Gifts Program a little bit, is that the only way that the NCC gets its donations or are there other ways to receive donations? No, it's not necessarily the case for every donation. Uh, we can, when the value is pretty high, we uh, think that it's worth it to go through that program. But uh, sometimes it's easier just to, to have a regular charity receipt when someone gives a, a donation of a less value. Uh, there's other way to protect also the land. If you don't want to give a donation, you can put like a natural reserve statues or make conservation servitude on your land and kill the owner of the, the land. Okay. And and going back to your point about Molson Island being virgin land, and that's so hard to come by, especially in a province like Quebec. And what other importance is there to this land and to the Northern Green Mountains? Very rare ecosystem, a bug, that we may, we think we're going to find something very interesting in, in terms of species. We're still um, doing some uh, field trip to find uh, different species that we didn't saw yet, but it's very rare, it's very beautiful, and we may find rare orchid in that ecosystem. Also, it's the place for a lot, a lot of ducks that are going around and uh, it's a refuge for them. So they go there to to have um, more calm water. And also we have a calcitious loving plant. So the plants that love calcium uh, and it's quite rare also that kind of place where you have a lot of calcium and some species evolve based on the fact there's a lot of calcium. Also, uh, are in exploration to find more species uh, that we call calcicodus species. Wow. And are there any endangered species that you know of right now that are living there? Not, no. That, that's very surprising because there's everywhere now. So it means that there's not a lot of people that went there <laughs> recently. Yeah. And uh, it's quite preserved from their invasion. But we don't want people to go for that reason also, not yeah. bring some new species that can change the equilibrium of the island. Right. So that means that the, the environment that they're in right now, where they're living right now, it's just prime living conditions for them, right? Yeah, yeah. Really untouched island. And it's really surprising because for people that know the Manfremagog Lake, there's a lot of pressure for development. 
a lot of houses very close to the the shore. So it's very impressive that there's no building on that island because it's worth a lot of money, uh, the fact that we can build. And uh, Mr. Alwick, he, he made that in his life. He, he removed the possibility for anyone to build a house on the island. And I think they were allowed to build couples of houses on the, that island. Okay, and has the donation uh, from Andrew Horwick, has that had any effect on, on the species and the preservation of the island? Oh, for sure, because uh, because it's protected right now and forever. Uh, it's not only for two or three years, it's for the eternity. <laughs> so uh, we are taking care of that island. We are doing patrol on that island uh, every week just to see that everything is correctly protected and there's no, like you said, invading species that coming or people that are doing like fire camping and maybe be a risk for the island. The species can just go there and relax. <laughs> there's <laughs> not a lot of activities on the island. So it's a, a secure place for them. Okay. And you mentioned that there were, like there are some houses on the borders and things like that. Are there cottages as well? Not on the island, but around, yeah, there's many houses around. Some of the owner close to the island have really big parcel of land, so it's more or less protected some part of them. For some of them, it's too steep to, to build very close. Okay, so then if there are any houses nearby and things like that, there's nothing that they do that really interferes with the ecosystem in that land. Not not really the houses because they are quite far, but uh, it's more the boats if they're, they're going too close to the shore. So it's better to just not going too close of the okay. island. And, and I want to kind of bring the government into this as well. Are there any steps that the government can take to protect not just this land, but any ecologically sensitive land in Canada? And what are they already doing if they are doing anything? Uh, they are very supportive, financially supportive of our um, project, so have a great support from them. Uh, also, they, they believe in the protection. It's maybe just sometimes the time that takes to, uh, to do the project. Things change a lot since I said maybe five, six years. Uh, they are really more involved in the protection and it's really great for us to, to work with them with the, the both uh, government, federal and provincial. We have a great relationship with them and that's awesome to, to work all together for the protection of the land. Yes, that's exactly what we want to hear. We want to hear that everyone's working hand in hand. So happy to hear that. And I want to come back now to the actual donation made from Andrew Horwick. So the NCC posted a great video and uh, we'll get into where you can watch that video at the end of this interview. But can you tell me some of the reasons why he made this donation? He really believes that he can make a difference by donating that land. He's very concerned for the future of his children, for climate change, for example, and concern that we have now with the changing environment, invasive species, of that kind of uh, things that's changing so quickly. He very is very optimistic about the fact that NCC can protect that part of them and that part of them can make a difference in that global crisis about biodiversity and climate change. And also, he's, he know that that's just an island, but 
his testimony is so inspiring that he believe also that he can inspire other people to do the same. Yes, and that is very inspiring. And that's exactly why we're sharing this story, because it's so inspiring. It's so nice to hear that there is this type of land not far from us here in York Region. It's right in southern Quebec, which is amazing. And uh, Cynthia, if you could share with me where people can look into the Government of Canada's Ecological Gifts Program and how maybe they can donate and get some more information. Yeah, they can go on the site of Eco, Eco Gift uh, Program, but they also can contact uh, a project manager at uh, Nature Conservancy Canada. And if they want to do a project or just to have a chat to look at their land, if it's possible to do something, we will be very happy to help. Amazing. Once again, this is Cynthia Patry the project manager for the Northern Green Mountains at the Nature Conservancy of Canada. Thank you so much for joining me on Good to Hear. Thank you. Thank you so much to uh, speak about that very uh, fantastic project. Send us your good news stories at info at 1059theregion.com. This is good to hear.